Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I'm your host, John Schofield. Joining me is Bill Wagner of the Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun Newspapers and Chris Cervello, class of 99, is our producer. Today is April 13th, 2023. Spring continues to get sprung. Uh, Lacrosse season is in mid-season form. Some ups, some downs and a lot of other action going on. We're really excited in this podcast to bring you an interview with Gavin Hickey and Lewis Gray of Navy Rugby. What's better than beating Army once? Kicking the shit out of them twice in two weeks. And that's what we're going to do against Army in the uh, D1 tournament this weekend up at Greenberry Point. But before we get too far into that, ladies and gentlemen, WAGS, let's get right into the men's lacrosse upset of the fighting Charlie Toomey's uh, at Loyola, huge, huge day for Henry Tolker uh, with six tallies, Max Stewart with a Hattie, uh, Havivian and Jaros getting involved as well. But in the end, a really surprising yet entertaining uh, game where Navy defeats Loyola 11 to 10, continuing to turn the season around. And now they're three and two in the Patriot League and where they were worried about making the tournament before now they're almost assured of a Patriot League tournament berth, knock on wood. I'm sure a lot of people out there think I just jinxed them. But, you know, what are your thoughts on a huge, huge win over Loyola? Well, it was a tremendous victory. I was up there at Ridley Athletic Complex in Baltimore, and you know, Loyola's good. And uh, they probably did not play their best lacrosse game. I know Charlie Toomey, who was a local guy. We like Charlie, Anne Arundel County resident, and he began his career as a Navy assistant, was coach at the prep school. So, uh Charlie's good people, but he was very disappointed afterwards about his team's play. But give Navy all the credit, and that's what Toomey did say. You know, got to give it to – hats off to Navy for playing a great game. It's really been a remarkable turnaround, John. I mean, the five straight losses that were punctuated by giving up 17 goals to Colgate and Villanova. I'll I'll be honest, John. I thought this team was done. And you've got to give Joe Amplo and his staff a ton of credit for getting things turned around. They are still without Pat Skowniak, fellow first midfielder, Dane Swanson, and Xavier Arline. The, they've been playing these, the, so they've won three straight, and two of them have been upsets. Boston was 18, knocked them off, then came back one week later and beat Loyola, which was 13. And they're playing the best across of the season. I love the way the offense is flowing. They're moving the ball. It's bang, bang, bang then they're finding the open man. It doesn't matter who scores. And uh, it's really been the great see. And of course the defense has been outstanding. And Pat Ryan, the goalie stood on his head uh, Friday night. I mean, he was spectacular. I mean, when you 23 saves, right? It was insane. And and when you're being mentioned in the same breath as Mickey Jarbo, a C Marklin Kelly award winner as the goalkeeper of the year. That's, that's pretty impressive. Pat Ryan, 
is playing at a very high level. That's been one of the keys to the recent success is they've now got getting some big-time goaltending. And the defense led by Jackson Bonnets is playing tough. Uh, there were some scary moments at the end of that game, though. Uh, Loyola went to the 10-man ride, and in my opinion, Navy foolishly tried to take some very low-percentage shots from across midfield into the empty net. Uh, the clock is your friend there, and I feel like you want to salt away the time and just get out of there. But, you know, win is win, and, and it was a big one. And, yes, as you mentioned, John, Na Navy is very much in the thick of the Patriot League race. So I've got to ask this, Wags, and I'd be interested in Chris's thoughts on it, too, as he is a TV nut, as I am. I'm a big Ted Lasso guy. Um, the last episode of Ted Lasso, probably the best TV I've ever watched in my life. And spoiler alert, they lose Zava or their star player. Or they think a star player who has been an addition um, is the absence of Xavier Arline here. Not that Xavier Arline is anything like this character on TV, but here's Henry Tolker jacking six goals in there and really kind of blooming in the absence of Swanson and Xavier Arline. Do we have a little bit of addition by subtraction where that next man up mentality is there with these guys and they're saying us against the world, we don't have our captain, we don't have our star player, number one recruit in lacrosse a couple of years ago, it's on us. Is that kind of what's happening here, guys? You know, John, it's a very interesting question, and I would say there's something to that. Pat Skalniak and Xavier Arline tended to dominate the ball. If, Na if Navy initiated from up top, it was usually Skalniak, and, you know, going, he would try to dodge left or right, and which is typical across is you get a, a dodging midfielder who draws a slide, and then you bang it to the open man. So, but, and then similarly from behind with Xavier Arline, if you can dodge from behind, draw a slide, that, that's that's lacrosse, but they have had to rework the offense, and frankly, the reworked offense and the the proofs in the pudding, John. The reworked offense is better. The instead of having two guys who control the ball and they're looking to create and set up teammates, the idea of just free flowing offense, everybody handles it, move the ball, keep it hot. It, it's working. So yes, I think there's something to what you just brought up, John. So, Chris, um, coming off of this huge win, I mean, I, not to be like the negative Nellies here, but, you know, you're only as good as your last performance. So three straight big wins after the really quizzical long losing streak. And now you host Lafayette on ho at home on Saturday. And then you turn right back around and host Army before you play a very suspect Bucknell team. Very possible to go 3-0. and But with this team and the schizophrenia, very possible to go 0-3. What do you think the key is going forward here, you know, other than just getting a W against Lafayette? I mean, I really do think that's the the key going forward, John. I think it's one game at a time. And I don't mean to be cliche, but I, I think that maybe this team, given how they started the season, uh, maybe looked too far ahead and uh, maybe started to believe um, that they were better than maybe they were. So I think that, you know, you, you got to be happy that the team is focused and that they played really well the last three games. And I think it's just a matter of one game at a time uh, and that, you know, beat Lafayette and uh, then focus on the next game and then focus on the next game. Don't don't get too far out ahead of your uh, your sticks as it was. And John, you know, I'll just interject real quick because I had another thought. And first of all, you mentioned Henry Tolker and I should comment that kid has an amazing ability 
to find the openings. And he is a high percentage finisher. If he gets the ball in open space, he's putting it away. I mean, there's you can't beat that value in lacrosse. The guy who, when his shots are there, he finishes. They don't get saved. They don't go wide. They find the back of the net. But you know, one other thing, when you with your point before about the injured players, what do you think happens when they come back? I mean, you have now found something, and they're playing great lacrosse. What happens if Scowniak, Swanson, and Xavier come back, and you have to reintegrate them into the lineup? Yeah, it's like when you know Kyle Bradish comes back from his rehab assignment. What do you do with Grayson Rodriguez, who seems to be giving up a lot of runs? That's a conversation for another day for us Orioles fans, of course. But hats off to the men's lacrosse team for turning around that losing streak. And you know, let's hope to see you all there on Saturday at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Do you want to pay seventy bucks to go watch the uh, croquet match, or do you want to go root on Navy lacrosse to a victory? Um, I don't know. seems like a pretty easy calculus for me. Um, let's talk about women's lacrosse really quick, ladies and gentlemen. Navy went up to BU um, last week and had a really, really quizzical last weekend, had a quizzical loss to BU, uh, not a lot of assists for either team. Uh, but despite three goals from Ava Yavino, um, the, uh, the midshipman dropped one to BU uh, 12 to 11, um, really, really Shocking loss, really, uh, but turned around and went to American yesterday and crushed them 17 to eight. A uh, really, really nice mixture of, of offense there. Messonese with four goals, Beardmore with a Hattie kind of out of nowhere. Yovino only had one goal, and you have to wonder after the BU game and this game whether the freshman is losing some steam uh, from her really record setting pace. Wags, what are your thoughts on, um, number one, the loss to BU, but then turning right around and stomping American on the road? Well, the BU loss is, is difficult on a number of fronts, and I, I agree with you. That was kind of a head-scratcher. I I did not see that coming. Boston is, you know, they're a middle-of-the-road team in the league. I mean, even with that win, they're 2-4, and 7-7 seven and seven overall. Um, I did not see that coming, and that hurts you, John, because Army and Loyola are now in the driver's seat for getting the two buys for the Patriot League tournament, which means Navy might have to play in the first round. But you got to give the mids credit for rebounding and uh, obviously a very impressive win against American. I mean, just, I mean, that's a dominant performance. And American's usually been a pretty solid program. Uh, this year, they're, they're, they're down at the bottom tier of the standings as well. Uh, big game for Navy's Army. It's going to be on the road. Uh, two Saturdays from now and you've got to win that game or you you're definitely out of the opportunity for a buy. Uh, that game up at West Point is going to be a huge one for Navy season. I think Loyola is a team that I don't think anybody's going to beat. I don't think Army's going to beat Loyola and I don't think Navy's going to beat Loyola. It, it could happen, but Loyola is so just totally loaded. So that Army Navy game is what I'm pointing to toward John. Yeah, first things first, of course. What else are you going to do on Saturday other than watch men's lacrosse at 3.30? Come on out at noon and watch the ladies take care of the Crusaders of Holy Cross. Uh, that'll be a fun day. Hopefully the rain sweeps out of here in the morning and everyone can enjoy croquet and lacrosse and even baseball for that matter. Speaking of baseball, Wags, um, this team, you know, talk about teams that have turned around our negative Nellyism. Uh, the fight in Costa Copolis is 
swept out Holy Cross this past weekend, winning 3-1 in the first game, 6-4 in the second game, and then 5-3 to get the brooms out. They are now sitting 10-5 and in conference and 18-16 and overall, a very far cry from the first three games of the season where they lost to Virginia 24-5, UNC Wilmington 8-0, and then Ohio 27-9. Now they've swept out Holy Cross Midweek here, they crushed Maryland Eastern Shore, 18-11. And now in front of them is a roadie at Lafayette, a roadie at Bucknell, before they come home here on April 22nd to host Army for the Star Series. Wags, what are your thoughts on this team? I mean, this is, for me, this spring uh, sports season, this is kind of your most surprising team because this is a little bit out of nowhere. Once again, coaching John, Kasi and his assistants have gotten it together. They're, they're pitching better. That's the number one thing. When you look at that Holy Cross series, um, I mean, they, they didn't give up a lot of runs. One run, four, three. I mean, that, that's how you win baseball games. And earlier this season, as you mentioned, they were getting pummeled, the pitching staff was. Um, looking here at the Patriot League standings, John, Navy is firmly in second place. Army, West Point, 9-2, and two, and obviously they've got the two wins against Navy, and then that's, that's why the Star Series can be huge. Um, but Lafayette is the third place team. Navy's 10 and five in the league and Lafayette's six and five. So Navy's got a few games of breathing room and, uh, yeah, it's been impressive. Um, really, uh, want to get out and see the team, the Lafayette series, uh, this weekend, I'm going to try to swing over there maybe uh, before I go to lacrosse. Uh, cause obviously Lafayette being in third place, is kind of pivotal series. Yeah, and the uh, the players that I'm looking at here, who, who needs Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman when you have Nick Birch and Kyle Roush? Against UMBC, Nick Birch goes four for seven with four ribbies. Kyle Roush, four for six with four ribbies. Logan Keller, four for six with four ribbies. I mean, it was a hit parade, ladies and gentlemen, for baseball. Um, so, yeah, it just so happy for them and what they're doing. Wags, uh, for you, you're going to have to make the trip up to Easton, Pennsylvania, if you want to check out Lafayette at the very scenic Hilton Ron Class of 51 field at K-Mine Stadium. Who names these places? Like, what is that? Um, But they will be home next for that Army Series, ladies and gentlemen. So Saturday, April 22nd, mark your calendars at noon. That's game one of the Star Series. Hopefully they come back from Lafayette with a little sweepy. And then they have a one-game series or one game against Bucknell in the middle of the week at 3.30 p.m. That doesn't seem like a fun road trip up to uh, Lewisburg. But, hey, we don't make the schedule here. I really do believe that this team has a great chance. If they if they turn around and beat Army for the star in a star series that we've already won, ladies and gentlemen, this, this spring sports season really turns up. Um, any last thoughts on that, Wags? Oh, yeah, I noticed as soon as it came out of my mouth, I realized it was a road series. So, yes, we'll have to watch that on uh, on ESPN+. Plus. Um, you know, Logan Keller is having a real bounce-back season. He he led the Patriot League in RBIs uh, two years ago, and then last season he, he really put up bad numbers. It was surprising because he's such a pure hitter. But this year, John, hitting two ninety five with uh, – 13 extra base hits and 26 RBIs. And the other guy, Alex Smith, is having a tremendous season, hitting 331. He's got 10 extra base hits and 18 RBIs. So it's good to see the bats alive. Speaking of an athlete who is alive right now, let's talk a little bit about Emily Tannenbaum before we get to our first uh, interview segment. 
She established a new single season program record for combined wins and the Navy women's tennis team, who is now 18 and four overall and four and in the Patriot league. They extended their winning streak to nine matches remained undefeated in the league uh, with a six, one victory over host Loyola on Wednesday afternoon this week. Uh, so Tannenbaum surpassed Logan Antill's 48 win mark from 2013. She got her 49th combined win of the season with a victory at number one singles, a little spot that John Schofield played in the past, humble brag. Uh, and that gave the sophomore 28 singles wins in 2022 and 2023 to go with her 21 doubles victories. Just a really great performance by Emily Tannenbaum and the women's tennis team is crushing, ladies and gentlemen. They have already uh, this season defeated Air Force, which we all love. They defeated Army in the star match, 4-3, which we all love. And now they're just crushing before the Patriot League quarterfinals, semis, and finals that are coming up at the latter stages of this month. First things first, this Saturday, if you're up at Toze, if you want to see rugby, if you want to see croquet, it's just a huge sports weekend here uh, head out and watch women's tennis take on BU at 11 a.m. That's going to be amazing. Um, that is it for this first segment, ladies and gentlemen. Before we go to break, I would just like to thank our sponsors, Dry D5 of Annapolis and Red Red Wine Bar. Also, Pro MD Health, Scott Shooter, the Shrek Realtor Crew, and all, all of our supporters. We love what you do, and thank you for supporting the pod. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk some rugby. Chris Hoffman and Chris Cleary? Nope. Current people, the studs, Lewis Gray and Coach Gavin Hickey. So stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. You heard us talking lacrosse in the first segment. Will join us this Saturday, April 15th, for the Navy men's and women's lacrosse doubleheader. Both games are presented by First Command. Action begins with the women's lacrosse team taking on Holy Cross at noon for Senior Day. Then stick around for the Navy men's lacrosse game as they take on Lafayette at 3.30 p.m. The first 500 fans to the men's game will receive a free foam lacrosse stick. In addition, the men's lacrosse team will be hosting their Meet the Mids autograph session following the game and the first 250 kids in line for autographs will receive a free t-shirt courtesy of Annapolis area Chick-fil-A. Tickets for the men's lacrosse game can be purchased by calling 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visiting NavySports.com. And while you're on NavySports.com, be sure to grab your Army-Navy men's lacrosse game tickets. The first 1,000 fans will receive a free light-up baton, and fans will also receive a Beat Army rally towel while supplies last. So dial 1-800-US-4-NAVY or jump on NavySports.com and get those lacrosse tickets today. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. It is time for our coach and player segment. And who better to talk to this week, ladies and gents, than Gavin Hickey and Lewis Gray of Navy Rugby. In case you were living under a rock a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Ruggers went up to West Point where they are notoriously bad hosts. And on March 24th, on Friday night, Friday Night Lights uh, defeated Army West Point, 34 to 26. 
uh, followed up the next day by the alumni match where Chris Cleary and Chris Hoffman both picked up injuries. Shocker of the century. But more importantly, the win against Army. Um, hey, I, I know we're not giving away stars just yet, but the Sing Second Sports team is giving away a star. Coach Hickey, number one, we're not going to hold it against you that you only went to University College Dublin and not like me, you could not get into University College Galway, but it's not a big deal. Let's talk about beating Army number one in that matchup there on Friday night. And now turning right back around, you've got to play them again this Saturday in the D1A Men's National Championship playoff. So welcome to the pod, first and foremost. Secondly, talk us through that last game and what do you think will be different this coming Saturday? Thanks a lot, first and foremost, for having us on, John. It's always, it's always great to chat about Navy rugby. Um, well, you know, we played them in the fall. And we played them at home um, and we played them in the spring up there in West Point. Um, it was our last game actually three weeks ago. And uh, we came away victors, which was fantastic. But now we've given our opponents a third opportunity to figure us out. And, and that's a precarious situation to be in. Um, what will be different? I mean, everything's different in the sense that it's knockout rugby. We finished our regular season. I think we've created history. The team has created history by going 15-0 and 0 and doing what they've done and 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 deserve massive credit for that. Um and it, it's a new leaf now. It's a blank page. You know, this is, it just so happens it's Army, but it's it's playoff rugby. It's it's knockout cup rugby. So everything is different. But then again, nothing's different because they're our, our same old foe. But we're, we're ready. We're ready. And we're very, very, very excited about an opportunity to to face Army again. And, and really what we're doing is we're just fighting for one more week to to continue our season and then go from there. So we're we're ready. It might be a little muddy out there on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. The forecast right now calls for rain going through Friday night and into Saturday morning. So, you know, take that into consideration, rugby alums, as you're uh, getting your tailgate set up uh, out there near Prusmac. But, you know, let, let's talk a little bit through the gravity of this. You know, it, it, is, it is a new sport. Um, yeah, well, not a new sport, but a, a new D1 sport at the U.S. Naval Academy. Are you surprised by the immediate success, Coach? You know, or, or was this just part of the master plan? Um, good question. Am I surprised? If you'd asked me at the very start of the season, are we going to be in this position? I would have obviously taken it. Um, we planned for it. We, we plotted for it. We, we Such a cliche, but we just took week by week and we grew and we built and we went on a journey. And this is the end result. Am I surprised? No. Um, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from this team because this is the team that's created history. This team, am I surprised? Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, but that's not taking away from them. They've just proved that every challenge that we lay down for them, that they accept it and they relish in it. And then they want to go further and further and further. This team's unbelievable. It really is when I think on it now. Having said that, um, with the greatest respect to this team, Navy rugby is about to get better. You know, this is an unrecruited team who have worked unbelievably hard to be in a position that we're in right now. And But we're getting a recruiting class in this year. And while we're very conscious of our history and where we are and what this team has done, Navy rugby is about to get better. So, you know, am I surprised? I'm not surprised. Did I think it would happen this quick? Um, probably not. Having said that, Players have stood up massively, as I said, and then we've had Coach James Willicks come in for his full year this year, who's added another level to Navy Rugby. So um, there, there's been ingredients, and we've been 
lucky with injuries and that's a big deal we've been we've managed injuries really well through our awesome athletic trainer uh, Kerry Carmack the players have dealt with it really well with all their rehab and prehab programs and that's been a big factor in us maintaining consistency throughout the season well one of those unrecruited players coach and I'm going to let Wags uh, jump in here in a second is Lewis Gray and Lewis is joining us on this pod as well the five foot 11 200 pound center fly half Chris Cervello and I are 5'11", 200, but sort of in a different dimension. Um, Lewis, talk to me a little bit about your progression here at the Naval Academy. You've gone through COVID. You've gone through the sport reaching D1 status last year, first team all rugby East. And now going into the D1 playoffs, you get a second shot at Army um, in the spring after having schooled them in the fall. From your perspective, walk us through your experience as a Navy rugger. Yeah, the Naval Academy itself, it's just like three or four years here, four year, four years here. Just um, it's just a lot of resilience. And they put a lot of pressure on you and expect you to perform in all those aspects. And Navy rugby has refined me to be even better at that. So the stuff and the pressure we have on ourselves as a team at practice, I see that stuff making myself as a midshipman so much better and a future officer. So, Gavin, can you tell us what makes Lewis Gray such a special player? Yep, easy enough. He's, he's the most competitive um, person. I think one of the most competitive people I've ever met in my life in the sense that every single thing Lewis does, he does it with intent and an aggression, a very controlled aggression, and a mindset that he is going to better you in every single thing that he does. And if he doesn't do it, which he does nine times out of ten or 9.9 .9 times out of ten, he he's going to make sure that he will the next time and uh, he'll take the lessons from that. So, you know, we talked about Lewis, you know, maybe not being a recruited athlete. We knew about Lewis before he came here. And, um, you know, we did what we could at the time as a club sport to, to try and help Lewis get here. And, and over that time, Lewis has developed massively as a, as a person, as a midshipman and as a future officer, which has been the most pleasing part of all this. But, you know, Lewis was injured for most of his first year, missed a lot of big games, and then he was playing 10 first for a couple of years, and that was during COVID, which was a mess. You know, and so this is really Lewis's first year with a bit of freedom to express himself, and we're all seeing the result. I mean, the guy's the best player in the country by a country mile in my book, although, as I said earlier, I'm biased in that one, but it's, it's plain for me to see when I see it every single day. Gavin, controlled aggression is a pretty diplomatic term. Uh, he, he's a pretty scary dude on the pitch. I, I mean, that's the first thing you notice when you come out to uh, a rugby match is uh, Lewis has got quite, uh, he, he's quite an intense guy. You, you can see the other team uh, really pays close attention to him. Well, that works in our favor as well because you know, we can use Lewis as a dummy and, 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 and hit somebody else in an attack, which has worked out pretty well in our, in our, in our favor as well. Yeah, I say controlled aggression probably a little bit, Lucy. Um, Tongue-in-cheek, I don't. I mean, Lewis has never, he's never crossed any kind of line in terms of overstepping any mark disciplinary-wise or, or overly aggressive on a pitch. But the way I always talk to talk about Lewis uh, to Coach Willux is, is he does things with venom. You know, I mean, even if, and I see it every day, right? But if you watch the way Lewis kicks a ball in a game, it's with the intent that it's going to fly horribly so the opponent can't, can't catch it cleanly. Or if it's going to bounce, it's going to bounce very awkwardly. And it's just everything, everything. There's a purpose behind, a sinister purpose, you know, for, for the recipient behind everything Lewis does, um, which makes him stand out that he gives that much thought to being making the opposition as uncomfortable as he does. Gavin, I 
had a friend that played rugby at Towson when I was there, and I went to a lot of the games, and he was the fly half. And my, you know, uneducated you know, opinion, just having not watched the sport much at that time, was that the fly half was somewhat like the quarterback. He often was taking the ball out of the scrum and delivering the first pitch. Could you kind of describe what, you know, and did, do you try to put your best athlete at fly half? Nope. No, we don't. Um, I'm not saying we we haven't right now, but uh, that's not the case. No, the game's evolved as well. Um, so the game's evolved to the point where the the ten, the fly house, not pulling all the strings anymore. It's it's more of a team effort in terms of playing to a pattern for the most part. So I think, I mean, you still want your fly half to be able to take the ball to the line and give late passes and and then and suck in defenses and all that kind of stuff, and then be able to read a game and kick and all those basics. But they're probably not the same puppet master of the team as they were in the past. And to be honest with you, I mean, if you have an ability to play a player with the skills of a 10, of a fly half, a little bit further out the back line, say in the 12 channel that Lewis is playing this year, it gives you a second playmaker after your 10. And it also gives that player a little bit more room, a little more time to make decisions. And um, that certainly works in, in Lewis's favor, which obviously has worked in Navy Rugby's favor this year as well. So, Lewis, from you know, from me, you're the one in the trenches. Yeah, you, to to Chris Cervello's point, you're the one that we're watching, and we're like, whoa, that guy is number one, good, and number two, serious. And I know that you apply that to every single opponent. But talk to us about beating Army a couple of weeks ago, and then what you expect to see from them on Saturday. I know this isn't a friendly friendly rivalry. I love to refer to it as a very heated rivalry, but not a hated rivalry. But for you, what what are your thoughts on on playing Army twice in a row, and this one meaning so much more than the last one? Yeah, for sure. Um, going into more of what Coach is saying, like in my my abilities at center mean nothing without my ten on my back, without my thirteen on my right, without the forwards that carried the ball ten meters up the line earlier and did them all, and we're in the trenches working hard. So. When, in, in my opinion, when it comes to best player and all that type of stuff, it, it really means nothing. No one player can take on 15 people. So it's really a team effort. Um, back on Army, I remember Coach gave us a Sun Tzu quote at the beginning of my time here that was, know the enemy and know yourself. In 100 battles, you'll never be in peril. So I'm glad to play Army just because we know them so well. It's, we always say scoreboard goes away, record goes away when you play another service academy because we both have that, that hard, we're just hard, gritty people expected to do a job outside this place that's way harsher. So when it comes to playing Army again, I'm excited. I'm excited to play them. I know a couple of players on the team, Dominic Tiang, I play with them in high school, and it's always a great time. But we know what we have to do, and we'll execute the plan. Well, we Irish love to quote Sun Tzu. Um, yeah, very, very nice. The art of war, Coach. Uh, it's applicable. Wags, go ahead. Well, Gavin, uh, Lewis has been nominated for the Rudy Scholes Award, which is, for those who don't know, it's basically the Heisman Trophy of college rugby. Uh, you had mentioned that you believe he should win this award. Um, kind of tell us how prestigious this award is and you know, why you feel Lewis is the deser deserving recipient. Yeah, I'll back Lewis up as well there, you know, um, and, and I'm going to be saying this a few times in the next couple of weeks at a few different things. But, you know, when when people ask after a game, like who stood out, you know, it's very hard in rugby. And I, I personally just like it massively and quite telling so does Lewis. It is very hard to pick out one player because 
with that, everybody doing their job. There's a saying in rugby that if the winger scores a try in the corner, it's because the other 14 players did their job, right? And so winger gets the glory. So rugby, and, and I want to dial it back in the sense of praising so much heap on one player because rugby is such a team sport, as we know, that, you know, as Lewis says, without 14 other guys who are slogging as hard as they can, Lewis isn't doing a whole lot, right? Because he can't. So it's such a team sport that, that every one of our guys deserves credit. Having said that, yes, Lewis is standing out and has stood out to, to be in, uh, uh, nominated for the Rudy Schultz Award, which is the most prestigious collegiate rugby award in the country, along with the Sorensen Award on our, on our women's side. Um, so... Basically, it's the Heisman Trophy, as I said, best player uh, of the of the year. We won one before in 2018 with our captain, Conor McNerney. Uh, I think it's only been going since 2016, so it's still relatively new. Um, and why does Lewis deserve to win it? Again, I see, I, I'm, I'm biased, but I, that's because I see a side of Lewis that 99% of people don't see because you see Lewis... Um, either as a midshipman or you see him on game day and that's 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 the showpiece whereas I see him graphing every single day and, and and trying to become a better player not only that leading his players his team to be better players as well and that's that's key in, in in terms of our development so I see it every single day so for me it's easy it's like well I know what he does you know and it's not just on the pitch it's in the gym as well you know and it's in the hall clearly as well so for me, it's just it's a no brainer because of the rugby stuff, which has set him apart this year uh, throughout the country. And then because of all the other stuff that people don't see, the fact that he's a leader, the fact that he's in the Naval Academy, the fact he's going to be a future officer, the fact that he takes that so seriously, the fact that he leads his team every day. That's why, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, Lewis should be this winner. Lewis, I bet you would, uh, I know you would like to win this award, but I bet you would trade that for a national championship, wouldn't you? Like the award means nothing. I mean, best player in, in the country means nothing unless you have your team. So, and what do you think are Navy's chances to win that national championship? If we do, the plan that Coach Willox, Coach Hickey, and everyone has given us, and we execute the plan the way we know we can, then we will win this national championship. It's just a matter of if we execute and we're able to stay flexible and play what's in front of us. Well, the game is also happening right in the midst of you finishing your career at the Naval Academy, Lewis. You know, finals are just a couple of weeks away, and then you're into commissioning week, and and then you're going to be out in the fleet. Before we let you go and and start working on your academic day, what what did you service assign? What does the future hold uh, for future Officer Lewis Gray? I was fortunate enough to get Marine Corps pilot out of um, service assignment, which I'm really fortunate about and really happy with. My dad was enlisted Marine, so it's really it's really nice to carry on the legacy. I'm going to be leaving for TBS, which is our basic school for Marine Corps officers, on June 5th. Spend six months there, hopefully graduate before Christmas, and then uh, wait for flights home in Pensacola. Chris, I'll let you have the last question before we go out. All, all I wanted to say is, I mean, the, you know, we do this pod for a variety of reasons. And, uh, you know, when you get an opportunity to uh, have a relationship with a great coach like Gavin Hickey, and then I would say even more important, when you get to meet midshipmen like Lewis Gray, this smile will last all day for me. Uh, Lewis, I wish you the best of luck, you know, in the remaining rugby matches, but more importantly, in your Marine Corps career. Uh, I mean, you're uh, right out of central casting as a, as a young Marine second lieutenant. So I know your parents are proud and we're proud of you on this podcast. Wish you all the best. I did just, can I just jump in there as well? I mean, we have Please. professional rugby teams all over the country and USA teams um, clambering for Lewis's service. If Lewis wasn't going to be a Marine Corps pilot, um, rugby teams will snap him up tomorrow. And uh, that's a testament of the, the the high level he's held himself to every day while he's been here uh, with the challenges that we've all faced during that time as well. 
you know, so just wish Lewis the very, very best as a, as a Marine Corps pilot. And, and I can't wait for his, his future to unfold and, and I'll be watching closely. We're excited as alumni just to watch how this program's going to go with Coach Hickey. Coach Hickey and Coach Willocks together. I can't wait to just come back 10 years from now and see 10 national championships on the board. Well, Lewis, I know you're going to stay in tremendous shape at, uh, while you're in the Marine Corps. Do you think you might play pro rugby down the road? Right now, my first priority is serving my country and being a Marine pilot. So if, if that's my first priority, I'm going to have to stick with that. Man, the, the PAO in me is like brimming with pride right now. Um, Lewis, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Gavin, before we let you go, I, I, we were talking before we, uh, you know, we went live. Navy against Notre Dame and football in Dublin in late August is not the only thing going on. I know boxing is going over there, but also Navy rugby making a little trip. You get to go home, give, a, give our listeners a little bit of a preview in case you're going out there to watch Navy and Notre Dame and football. You should put something else on your calendar, right, Gavin? Yes, indeed. We are very excited that uh, Navy rugby is going to be traveling over with our football team. Playing in Dublin, my hometown, on Friday, August 25th at Trinity College. But that uh, time, kickoff time, will be confirmed. But um, we're very, very excited. I'm personally very excited to bring all the mids to, to my, my motherland. We're staying uh, in a hotel that's right beside where I grew up and where I got in a lot of trouble around the streets. And... Um, you know, and then we're playing at Trinity College, my old foe, when I was at UCD. So right in the middle of Dublin City Centre. So it's just going to be an epic weekend. And that's going to kick off our season next year. And we cannot wait. Well, as, as a young child from County Leitrim and someone who studied in, uh, in Galway, I can't wait to go over there too and root for you. I mean, never mind that people from Dublin are a little bit softer, but that's all good. Um, coach, <laughs> I, I can't... 30 years I, ago. That's before Leinster <laughs> went on the street. That's a monster you say all the time. Those days are gone. Those days are definitely gone. Well, Coach Gavin, thank you so much. I know I'll be out there with uh, Chris Hoffman, Chris Cleary, Dan Morris, the rest of the uh, really, really loyal um, rugby alums to cheer full-throated for you guys. Um, please, please, ladies and gentlemen, come on out 1 p.m. Uh, on Saturday. Maybe stop by Croquet for an hour, but you better get your ass there at 1 p.m. and root at this team on because this is the game of the weekend. Lewis and Coach, good luck on Saturday. We can't wait to see you. Thanks again for coming on Sing Second Sports. Sure. Thank you very much. Beat Army. Beat Army, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Gavin Hickey and Lewis Gray. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Wags, Chris, and I will bring this baby out. Sing Second Sports. One final set of announcements from our friends at NAAA. You heard us talking to Coach Gavin Hickey about the big game in Ireland. Well, it's not too early to start thinking about the home football season. Navy football season tickets are on sale now, and the six-game home slate is highlighted by the Service Academy rival game with Air Force, scheduled for Saturday, October 21st. Visit NavySports.com for more information. And finally, kids, looking for a great way to celebrate your birthday? Have a birthday party at a Navy sporting event with Bill's Birthday Party Package. Your special day can include a pregame party featuring treats from Chick-fil-A, Fisher's Popcorn, and Nothing Bunt Cakes, as well as game tickets, a video board recognition, and more. For more information, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Um, 
Chris Cervallo said it perfectly. Um, I won't belabor the point, but because I am who I am, I will. Um, utterly, utterly satisfying to hear what Lewis Gray said. I mean, he, he got no PAO prep. He got no advice on what to say. He just says and does the right things. And that's what the Naval Academy does, ladies and gentlemen. Period. End of conversation. Um, in addition to rugby, uh, Saturday, 1 p.m. up at Prusmac, I mentioned multiple times this weekend is also um, the croquet match against St. John's. Apparently, people are charging 70 bucks now to do something that used to be just free and fun. We'll leave that pinned for another conversation on another day. I'd really like to give a shout out to Nadia and Kylie and the women's golf team. They're going to be hosting the Navy Spring Invitational this weekend at the Naval Academy Golf Course. Uh, thank you to all the volunteers who are going to be out there helping from the Naval Academy Golf Course membership. Let's wish women's golf good luck. I mentioned right after that, uh, women's tennis is going to be playing BU up there at Greenberry Point. So you can watch women's golf. You can watch women's tennis. You can then watch rugby. Um, and then, as I mentioned, you've got um, men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse, both in action at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Uh, the women playing at noon, the men playing at 3.30. Whew! Uh, and also, NCAA championships for gymnastics are this weekend in State College, Pennsylvania. Um, that'll be big for that program as well. Wags, other than the things that I mentioned, what are you keeping your eye on? Well, obviously, I'll be at men's lacrosse on Saturday afternoon. I mean, be, the big Army-Navy rugby is huge. I mean, this is a playoff time, playing for a national championship. So that's that's got to be kind of the most important event on the yard. But uh, I want to see Navy men's lacrosse continue to keep it rolling, continue to play at a high level. Uh, you don't want to have any regression. Uh, Lafayette, in my opinion, is a team Navy should beat at home. And then uh, baseball, I'm keeping an eye over there. Lafayette, as uh, mentioned earlier, third place team in the league. Uh, like to see Navy go up to Eastern Pennsylvania and, and sweep the Leopards. Chris, any thoughts on your end? So we have our big member member this weekend, um, but it should be over by 2 p.m. Uh, on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to jumping on ESPN Plus and watching as much as I can. I mean, you guys hit all of the key things. I mean, that win against Army uh, and rugby will be huge. Um, the, both lacrosse teams need to keep it moving. There's two bookends for the year, right? I mean, it's when it starts to get a little bit cold in October for football. And then when it starts to get a little bit warm in April, uh, the two best times of the year for Navy sports. So uh, we're in the thick of it now, John. John, I'll mention real quick one other event that happened since our last podcast was Navy football held what they called it an extravaganza. It was kind of a play on Easter weekend, but it was a neat event. And Coach Newberry had the troops out there with a very spirited practice. And they had a nice crowd at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. And it Got me thinking of, you know, old spring games, blue gold spring games, which were a, a staple. And I asked Coach Newberry about that. And he said he's not opposed to possibly sp playing a spring ending uh, blue gold game. But not either way, the event was very well done. Uh, at the end, after practice, uh, Pete Medhurst and Coach Newberry and the two coordinators, Grant Chesnut and uh, PJ Volker, did a Q&A session. Pete asked some questions and they let some people in the crowd ask questions. It's kind of fun. I liked the event. I enjoyed it. It was a great day out there last Saturday. Yeah, we in the public affairs community call that good old-fashioned Comrel. Um, and, and that's what I love. Like, go out there and engage with the kids, engage with these fans. This is the time of change for that football program. 
And that's just great. I, I can't remember, but wasn't it like, it was probably like 10 to 15 years ago during one of the spring games. Didn't we lose a really good player to, to like a knee injury? And that sort of precipitated the, the end of the spring game. It was Brian Madden, the starting quarterback. Uh, yeah. he, and it was, uh, uh, ended up being the main, re- probably the reason why Charlie Weatherby lost his job is that Brian Madden was a, outstanding dominant type quarterback a great runner and yeah they lost him to a, a torn ACL in the spring game and then yeah I, that was actually under Weatherby the game didn't go away until uh Ken Niamatololo's tenure but I think my recollection is that they were going into a where they would normally have had the spring game and it was it was scheduled to be held but Navy was down to only like one or two healthy quarterbacks and Nehemiah just said, ah, nah, we're not doing this. So he canceled the spring game and it never came back. Yeah, as you said, Wax, I mean, this this is a nice compromise. I mean, I, there's a lot of risk in those spring games. It, but, you know, this type of event to get everybody excited, it's particularly nice this year to sort of get to meet that coaching staff in person. We've heard a lot from them. But, uh, yeah, th- this is a cool time of year. Cool time of year, indeed. Let's hope that the weather holds off on Saturday so that we can do – um, all of this. I, I would be remiss if I did not give a shout out to the sports information department. I just listed all of these things going on this weekend. That means that NAAA, sports information, Ricketts Hall, they are stretched thin supporting all of these events. Uh, hats off to them for what they do and what they continue to do to pr- promote Navy athletics. And before we go, just released this morning, USILA selected Pat Ryan, goalie Pat Ryan, for its D1 National Team of the Week after his amazing performance against Loyola. Congrats to Pat Ryan for getting that recognition, uh, much-deserved recognition. Uh, That, ladies and gentlemen, is it. For Bill Wagner and Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. Thank you so much for listening this week. For now, we're done. We'll see you next week. Go Navy, feed Army and, and rugby. We're out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.